and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year soon to you and your family. We're going to jump into a, a new series right away called Scent, and it, it, it really is highlights throughout the book of Acts. If you were to ask me what my two favorite New Testament texts are, it would probably be a bundled together Luke and Acts. And I love the dynamics that occur uh, throughout. So we will dive into a series entitled Sent. Sent. The outing of the church. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. Let's dive in, read the text. I'll explain a couple things, and then we'll make our way through. If you have your Bible with you in front of you, open it up, or if it's on your device, feel free to dig into that. In my former book, here's a, here's a great name, Theophilus. Not exactly sure who Theophilus is, but a friend of Luke, perhaps a scholar. Uh, there's all kinds of theories, and you can enjoy reading up on what those theories are. Someone who knew what was happening. In my former book, Theopolis, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach, in other words, Luke's gospel, until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostle he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God, or the realm of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. And then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the time or the date. The Creator is set by God's own authority. But you will receive power. Here's the money line for us this morning. But you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my faithful witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? I think it's funny. I would probably have done the same thing. The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. The reading of God's word. Thanks be to God. You know, let's, let's pray together uh, again. Uh, it's not a performance. It's God's word to God's people. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for the sounds of life that fill this worship center. 
young and old, everyone in between. The great adventure you've called us to live into, you know, my confession is sometimes it becomes like a rut. And yet, and yet, never ought to be a rut. Enliven us, empower us, surround us, reconcile us, heal us. May we go forth sent as the hands and feet of Jesus Christ wherever we go. May this text allow us to be inspired by not just words on a paper, but the living word of God in Jesus Christ empowering each of us through the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Creator God, the glory is all yours. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. So, you know, in, the, in my Bible it says Acts. It just says Acts. Acts, but the Acts of who? Or the Acts of what? And some folks say, well, it's the Acts of the Apostles. Okay, that's a legitimate option for us. Um, it may take ourselves a little too seriously, so I'm kind of in the, the balance of things. Uh, or it could be the acts of the Holy Spirit, which to me makes sense. So my preference would be, this is a book about the actions, the acts of the Holy Spirit based on the life of Christ that we read about in Luke. So Luke is the life of Christ, acts is the life of the Holy Spirit empowering the church to be sent. Pretty simple. So make no mistake about it, if Acts is about the Holy Spirit, then the realm of God is a social movement. We've called it in the, the Bible, the kingdom of God. I like to call it the realm of God on earth. And it's tempting for us to think that this little church is the only key player in the realm of God. We would be tremendously short-sighted. And we would also be falling to a fallacy that domesticates any one little church or even the church. We have to be careful of that. This is kind of a state of the church union moment, I think. Now, I don't have problems with therapists, love therapists. I mean, they're just personalized coaches where I can get personalized education, love therapy. But we can't reduce the church or this church to an emotion. What does one feel as a result of this? That's a little bit too small and limiting, perhaps even short-sighted. Nor can we really, and I love family, I've spent a lot of time with my family, it's, the church functions like a family, but it's different and distinct from a family. So the metaphor of a church as family, while it works, at times it doesn't work because, well, it's a little bit too short-sighted. Because there's more happening here in the acts of the Holy Spirit than those elements of short-sightedness. So, friends, a warning as we look into what it means to be sent. We can't domesticate the Holy Spirit to the church. The Spirit of God is wild, unpredictable, uncanny. 
by a God whose middle name, you've heard me say it before, is surprise. And yet we tend to do it all too often. I do it myself. None of you would ever do that. Did you know that in Celtic Christianity, I love it, it's fascinating, there's a church in Minneapolis, Doug Padgett, a friend of mine, you walk into their worship center, and there's a 15-foot artistic goose hanging from the center of the sanctuary. And I made the mistake when I walked in there for the first time, I said, man, I love that duck. <laughs> I didn't know that it was a goose. I didn't know that the goose is the symbol for the Holy Spirit in Celtic Christianity. So, you know, there was another great learning moment for me, thinking I had all my ducks in a row. Never too old or young to learn something new and different. But it was a, what a fascinating image for the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the capital C Church. Pretty cool. Because you never know where a goose is going to go. I can remember putting together car relays in, as a youth minister. And you know what we called them? A wild goose chase. You never know where it's going to lead. You never know where you're going. That's the work and role of the Holy Spirit. And it can't be domesticated. So to be sent as a church, to be dispatched, empowered, is really the heartbeat of the mission of any church, and it's for all churches, or the church. Don and I, uh, usually over the holidays, we, we tend to watch a lot of movies for some reason. And uh, the other night, after, it was Christmas Eve, finished, went home, ate, opened presents, my daughter, son-in-law, and granddaughter left, and it was you know, still only 8.30 at night. What are we going to do? So we turned on the Netflix, and I have to commend a movie for it to you. It's called The Two Popes. You need to see The Two Popes. It's a fascinating, dramatic discussion uh, between uh, Pope Francis and Pope Benedict, who preceded Pope Francis. Fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. Loved it. By the way, that's another one of my favorite words from last week. Towards the end of the movie, Pope Francis, the current Pope of the people from Argentina, said this, and I, it captured my imagination. He said there's the globalization of indifference. He said there's the globalization of indifference. And he went on to say, if no one is to blame, then we're all to blame. Or positively, I'd like to look for a positive spin. I'll flip it. And you might have a better one than I, but if one person is responsible, then we're all responsible. Not a bad thing to think about at the end of a year and at Christmas time. The tragic life in the institution of the church when we domesticate it and maintain the church only is a tragic story. A couple of churches ago, I'll, I'll never forget, it wasn't here, it wasn't even in, in my Seattle church, it was in Minneapolis, great guy, came up to me, and I, and I wrote it down then, although I can still remember it now. He said this, 
I've been a deacon and an elder in my church a few times for each. We've built a new building, we've raised money, we've served on committees, we've maintained everything we've always done in the way we've always done it, but until you, my church, notice the pronoun, perhaps a hint at family reunion, never asked me to have a relationship with God the Holy Spirit that would make my life exciting and on the edge, always reformed and to be reforming, to be a great adventure of life and faith. And then he said this, and I knew he stole it from me, by a God whose middle name is Surprise. (laughs) Tragic. So friends, the warning, and then I'm going to get to good news. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Or gal, I got to be. Guy is now gender inclusive, I've been told. (laughs) Guys, plural. So today, just simply out of this text, one verse. Today is the who and the what of our movement in the realm of God dispatched. The who and the what. Just a couple questions. Who is dispatched? Who is dispatched? Acts 1-8. Acts 1-8a. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Boom! You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Boom! You will receive dunamis. Power, dynamite. Boom! You'll be exploded. Explosions don't hunker down. Explosions are sent out. Sorry for the graphic, violent image. Especially in today's day and age. Makes me a little nervous. My friends, everyone is sent to the degree that we can within the God-Holy Spirit wiring of our lives and personalities. Everyone is sent out to everywhere. You, plural, will receive dunamis, power, when the what? Holy Spirit comes on you. It's really not about much of what my friends thought church was actually about. It could be something far greater than that. A grand adventure. A wild goose chase. Never know where the Holy Spirit of God is leading us next. Propelling us to new places and people. Stories to listen to and digest so that they transform our own ideology and theology. Boom! The dynamite of the Holy Spirit. And frankly, that's the game plan of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God blows things up and sends us out. That's the strategy. And we go to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. 
Now, I need to back up for a brief moment because in Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 4 is probably one of my favorite gospel stories, and Acts chapter 1 verse 8. If you tether both of them together, you learn a lot about me. The Spirit of God anointed Christ to preach good news to the poor, to give sight to the blind, to release the prisoner, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And how will we do that? You will receive power. Boom! When the Holy Spirit comes on every single one of us. Nobody's unworthy. Nobody's unworthy. I can't tell you how many times people have said things to me like, I can't do that. It's just I'm not worthy. We need the Holy Spirit of God to blow up that person's heart and move in. Because we're all worthy. Matthew Dirks was an elementary school teacher. He turned novelist later in life. He never really understood that he was poor until he got into Mrs. Laverne's fourth grade class and he was the only kid who got free lunch. Matt said that once he figured it out that he was the poor kid in class, his top priority became hiding that fact. All you want to do when you're poor like that is not let anyone else know that you're poor like that. <laughs> kind of became a game for him. He hit it. So when he went camping with the Boy Scouts, he brought a bunch of newspapers to stuff it inside of his really, really crummy sleeping bag to add more insulation and hope nobody else saw. He got away with it for many, many years. He viewed poverty as an adventure, a challenge, trying to figure out a way to get through it and still succeed. Then one day, Matthew and his friend Peter were riding bikes back to Matthew's house after school. They liked to race their bikes home. It was always a close race. Matthew had a Probably a 100-pound Huffy 10-speed. Did anybody have one of those? I, that's all I could afford, about 125 bucks. It would take me most of the summer to cut grass at 10 bucks a lawn and save up enough money to go buy a Huffy. Then some rascal stole my brand-new bike. Had to start all over again. That's a side story. You don't need to know that. I had a Huffy. Two of them. Paid full price for both. In fairness, I didn't lock the bike up, okay? Matthew still had a, about a 100-pound, maybe it was only 60-pound Huffy bike. Peter got a brand-new 10-speed bike. It was his birthday that summer, and it was a lot lighter. And that day they rode home. Peter just absolutely blew Matt away. 50 yards. He just beat him by 50 yards. 
Matthew was pedaling as hard as he could. His heart was pounding. It felt like it was coming out of his chest. And no matter how hard he tried to hide the fact that he was never going to have a brand new bike, that his 100-pound rusted-out Huffy was all that there was going to be, got there and he realized, I'm never going to beat my friend Peter. Ever. And Matthew said he cried all the way home because he knew his life would change forever. Matthew said, until that moment, I had this idealized version of life where effort, intelligence, and creativity and hard work will always overcome whatever material lacking I might have, whatever money I lack. But as I watched Peter go away, I realized that my problem was money. I was never going to own a 10-speed bike, and I was never going to catch Peter again, and I cried the whole way home. But the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me and you, Jesus says, to bring good news to the poor. Right here in our neighborhood first. You know, we say we're a missional church, and that's true. We do amazing things for other folks. 107 years of amazing things for other people. I mean, it really does make your head spin. On the edge, bold, relevant, relational, the whole gig. But building on that is meant to propel us forward, not freeze us in time. Am I good news for the poor? Are, are you good news for the poor, for Matthew? Hungry, homeless, unpapered. He goes on, am I really paying attention to the circumstances that condemn people to poverty and policies that hold them there? Am I being honest with myself and others about the advantages that I have had? Advantages that start out as welcome back Cotter lunchboxes and 10-speed bikes, but multiply later into college educations, free access to markets and jobs, the ability to get a loan on simply a handshake. To be a disciple of Christ is to be sensitive to the ways that some of God's people are being unfairly treated and held back. But be bold in following Jesus Christ into the work of setting them free to not only speak good news, but to be good news to all people. Now, I know that I'm probably preaching to the choir. But sent, being sent, isn't a one-and-done endeavor. You know, it's a, it's a generation after generation after generation looking for new ways to be sent and rel- relevant in a world that's ever, ever changing. And I need some help in helping us get there. Who
Who is dispatched? Everyone to everywhere. How are we dispatched? Hang in there. How are we dispatched? (laughs) Empowered by the Spirit of God. Just downright empowered by the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God. It's not the vision of Matt Anderson. Sorry, don't mean to pick on you. Or Robin Clardy. Hi, Robin. Welcome. It's the, it's the vision of the Holy Spirit of God breathing new life into the wild goose called the church. Where are we going to go? I don't know. But I can tell you this. It's a social revolu- revolution wrapped in God's people called the church. I know that all of us are smarter than any one of us. I know that there's a better return on investment when we all work together. I know that silos are a struggle for us here. But if we embrace collaboration, literally co-laboring together, wow, power dynamite. Wild goose, chase. And man, put your, and women, put our seatbelts on because away we go. So hey, if you ever feel stuck in a rut, don't be that guy that I talked about earlier. Just putting in time in, maintaining what we've always done. But jump on board with what God is doing right now. What a thrill. What an adventure. What a ride. Nothing more amazing than being dispatched, empowered by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God that's leading this church and the church on a wild goose chase. If we have an artist... Would somebody take on the commissioning to hang a goose right from the center of this thing? Would that be the coolest thing? Then all these other people are going to go in in here and go, hey, I really like your duck. If you're willing to do that, will you raise your hand? If you want to go, I mean, not build a duck, although that would be cool too. Are you ready to go on a wild goose chase? Somebody raise their hand. Somebody, you know, great, thank you, thank you, because this is a social revolution called the church. We build on the DNA of the past to continue to love people to life in Christ. Relational, you guys heard this before? Say it with me. Relational, relevant, bold. Relational, relevant, bold. Bam! The dynamite of God. The Spirit of God. Let's pray. Some really meaty ecclesiology. The doctrine of the church. Some really meaty missiology. What does it mean for the church to be sent? Some really meaty What is my purpose and calling? Those aren't bad things to think about at the close of a decade and the birth of another decade. May we all have 2020 vision together as the Holy Spirit leads us 
dispatched, empowered, sent on a wild goose chase. And all God's people said, Amen. All right, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, let's sing our way out of here. And by the way, the music today is kind of like, like, it's like my personal favorite playlist. You know, I didn't know if you know that. I don't know the names of, I don't know the names of songs. I just know if I like a song. And I'm like, ooh, I like that, and that, and that, and I know I'm going to like this one. Let's stand together and sing. Oh, this